Big changes have been made to Street Fighter V Champion Edition as the latest patch brings updates to both character balance and matchmaking. We discuss the biggest takeaways from both of these, plus a lesson in hit confirms, all on this week's episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. Impossible! Perfect. Alright, welcome back to another episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. I am John Catalyst Gray, and with me as always is John Velociraptor Guerrero. How's it going, everybody? Alright, so Capcom hit us out of nowhere. And we have our top three changes we're seeing so far in season five of the point five or the March 2020 update or whatever we're going to call this. I don't know what we're <laughs> supposed to call this, John. We're, we are very confused now, um, but we'll, we'll go with the March 2020 update of Street Fighter V. Yeah, that sounds seeing? about right. Because um, it was really beefy. It is really beefy, I should say. There's a lot of different notes, and we certainly felt that when we were entering these notes into the uh, you know to, to make this story. But when you go back and look at it, there's one line there that keeps repeating over and over and over again about 80 times. About 80 of these changes or so are just extended the hitbox inward. And, um, and so that's like a big bulk of this patch, but there are other changes that have happened that, um, that, that have messed with a, a, a couple of characters and some of them fairly significantly. Right. Uh, so we wanted to jump into that, right? Exactly. Yeah. We're putting this list out there with what we're seeing right now. More could be discovered later. You know, that's always a, the obvious caveat, right? This is mm-hmm. what we're seeing, but actually let's get right into it here. All right, so starting up here at number three, we have Guile, and that's with his V-Skill 2. His aerosonic boom nerfs are legit. They look very legit to me. Um, They made it so that some of his loop combos will no longer work with it. Now, Chuan went in there and demonstrated that a number of the previous loop combos that he would do, that Guile could do, uh, involving V-Skill 2, they actually still work, but some of them now do not. And the ones that do not work means he actually loses damage, um, and they were kind of easier to pull off as well. So... Capcom basically wants Guile players to be more precise with what they're doing. And uh, he also does not have as much flexibility with V-Skill 2 as he had previously because it takes longer to start up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they added more frames to the jump where the move becomes active. So it, it's it's like, oh man, I mean, they really altered it. Now, the whole thing about it is it's, it's the same on hit and block as it used to be. So it's not like it's completely dramatically different. They just kind of like, it's like, look, if you want to use this how you did before, you're going to be a little bit more precise with it. You really need to have that. You you have to be mindful of your spacing. And I really think that that is the right change because Guile was going to be one of the best characters in this season and V-Skill 2 was a big reason why. Daigo was even afraid to play him early on because he thought this character might get nerfed. Well, guess what? That happened anyway, right? <laughs> so, um, but, but uh, you know, it, it's there was a case for Guile being a top five character before, and I think this change could potentially knock him down to about the top ten range, and, and I think that's significant. I mean, if you you're talking about potentially one of the more dominant characters is now going to not be that because he's got to be you know have more precision, which we're going to get into here with another character soon. Um, I think that is you know in a game that's all about spacing, that's very important. Yeah, Guile has in Street Fighter V, been a very versatile character. Traditionally, he's been more of a turtle zoner, of course, with his uh, charge moves and Sonic Boom being as strong as it is. That com- uh, uh, combined with Flash Kick gives you a very basic idea of how Guile's normally going to play. But a lot of his normals and the way they move him forward or just how quick they are, their priority, he's got some really strong attacks that actually let him go in on the offense 
arguably just as well as he plays defense. And so he's been very versatile and you can play him in a couple of different ways. Obviously a hybrid of, of both offense and defense are probably going to be your best bet. Uh, long story short, he's been a very strong character for a very long time. And this new V skill has almost been something of a cherry on top or, uh, I mean, you do give up V skill one to get it. So you are uh, losing something, but, but Guile's V skill one has also sort of been something of a cherry on top. He, he doesn't necessarily rely on it. It just helps him get a little more damage. It's a way to build his V trigger, but it certainly hasn't been, as far as I'm concerned, a hinge that his gameplay has, um, has, has like, been supported on it's just a little extra and then so this transfer over to v skill 2 which by the way a lot of the actual balance changes that happen in this patch are attending to v skill 2s which makes sense because they're brand new they haven't been through as many filters as a lot of the other moves um but anyways v skill 2 has proven to be a very strong other cherry on top and uh, helps him with these other loop combos and you have to also consider the fact that every time he's using this and you're either blocking it or being hit by it he's also building triggers so it's it's a one of the stronger v skill twos that have um, emerged after the championship edition update and um, a lot of people their initial reactions to seeing this uh, when the uh, patch notes dropped were to say oh he's gonna lose his loop combos and like you were saying, no, he really doesn't lose them. He can do still most of them. And then some, uh, Juan showed five combos, three of which didn't change at all. One of which was no longer possible. And the other of which had to just be altered a little bit to continue to work. But Guile can still do that basic idea of his loop combos, especially um, in the corner using V-Skill 2. So it's still there, but uh, you put it right when you said you have to use it with more precision. Um, you can't use it, obviously, as in, in as many places in combos, and it's going to have a little more startup on it, so um, potential for it to be counted. And I think that's appropriate because V-Skills, you have to be very careful with them because they're more than just normal attacks, right? Because normal attacks don't also build your V-Trigger. So you have to keep that in mind when you're when you're... Uh, developing and, and, and creating these these moves and v skill 2 for guile for a character as strong as he's already been certainly like if you want to nerf the character that's a good place to go to balance a little bit i don't know how drastic this is going to be but as a non-guile player i will absolutely take it i feel like it's it's I don't have a clear-cut idea of how strong Guile really is. I think he has a ton of potential here, and, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if he was a top five or top ten already. I don't know how much this is going to knock him down. Not a ton, I don't think, but a little bit. I, I think he has plenty of room to get knocked down and still be very valid, and um, that seems to be what's happened here. Yeah, I go back to. Um... A number of Guile players saying that Visco 2 really helps him with a number of his bad matchups that he had, and he didn't have a lot of bad matchups, but one of them was considered to be Bison, and then Dogura played um, against Daigo in you know Topanga, and Daigo beat him 7-4, and there were parts of the matchup where, where Daigo just kind of seemed to figure out what to do with V-Skill 2 and really blew up what Bison was doing. Um, you look at me crying tears for Bison here, but you know I'm, I'm going to get off that very quickly uh, and just mention that... Um, that can have 
that could be good, you know, to even out a character's bad matchups. Like it's it's nice to have the game as well balanced as you you can. But Guile was not a bad character in season four. You know, it's like no. it, it, it's I'm fine with this. It just has to be kind of in the context of the character. You want things being as even as you can, right? With being as interesting as it can as well. So it's overall, I look at this as a, a very positive change, especially for we've seen what dominant Guile looks like, and I didn't want to you know go through a whole season of this. So I'm pretty happy with it. It's like Guile's still really good. You know, that's not changing. He's just like not the the dominant figure he was probably going to be, in my opinion, in, in season five. So. You know, he was also one of the he, he got overshadowed by other amazing characters, but he was a, a tour de force. I think it was in season three and in season two. Uh, he's been a, a really strong character throughout, and, and we've had uh, we had a resident Guile player here in in Arizona, so I definitely felt the 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 pain. And like you're saying, I I'm no love lost here. Like I'm I'm happy for him to get a little bit nerfed. I don't want him to be um, one of the the absolute top tiers. Just ugh, it's not. It's frustrating fighting Guile, especially at yeah. a character that you feel like should just be. You know, like when I'm facing Guile, I, I want it to be me trying to get through his zoning defense and him taking away my life as I try. But if I get in, I'm, I'm rewarded. And I don't, I hate the idea that Guile's such a rushed, I don't hate it, but I don't like the idea that Guile's such a rushed down character considering how strong of a zoner he already is. Right. Right. So speaking of rushed down characters here, uh, we have Abigail at hmm. number two. And uh, we were all over this, like right from the get go. Uh, Shouts to Brutus and a number of the other people, of course, who broke the news. Cool kid, uh, you know, and, and mentioned that some of Abigail's light block strings and combos actually no longer work unless they're like, you know, specific ranges and timings and all that kind of stuff. Like they have really tweaked the character quite a bit. Um, and a number of Abigail players are actually very salty about this. Um, it, it was a common setup for him basically to get you in the corner, um, go to two crouching light kicks and then like a standing light punch and then EX Abigail punch you, right? Right. Mm -hmm. um, but now if the that initial crouching light kick is blocked, what will happen is Abigail gets pushed back further. And that means that the re remaining part of his combos are actually not going to work anymore. And it was pretty cheap when Abigail got you in the corner because it's like, look, he either gets like this set up and can go into command throw um, or, you know, kind of pin you down there or he gets a very nice combo and then kind of resets into another Oki situation for him. Right. And, and where you're cornered. And this is one of the most brutal characters in the entire game when he has you cornered. And it's just it's one of those things where it's like, you know what? I, I'm sorry, but I completely agree with toning this down. Um, and not only did he get that toned down, but I should also mention the more important one for many people is this EX run combo or EX run thing I should say it it previously could kind of like carry you almost all the way to the corner almost from the other side of the screen depending on right. what you did uh, and now basically the, the player will drop out of that so he still gets a few hit of his EX run uh, and it will still carry you it's still pretty good but it's not a ridiculous corner carry that it previously was yeah and that was it was amazing for Abigail players, but the rest of us saw that, like even just the first time, and knowing what this character is capable of once he's up close with you, uh, uh, that's already a big deal. But the fact that he now has a corner carry from like three fourths away on the other side, or maybe it was even a coast to coast, almost if it wasn't. I, it was close to. I think there were some setups you could do a coast to coast with, like if you mixed in V Trigger Two or something like that. Like there was there was some really wild stuff. Right, giving this particular character an immediate corner on on one hit is i mean he was already something of a death sentence if he got close and had say v trigger going um, more so v trigger one v trigger two is a lot of damage but it, it's more of just a 
combo damage not necessarily into like resets and, and such where v-trigger one kind of left you having to, to take multiple guesses or i should say leaves you um, but also having this character be able to take you all the way to the corner it's like yeah that's that's really strong and i mean it, it abigail didn't suddenly pop up you know every every third round of when you're playing online and we didn't see a ton of abigail's uh, in the few tournaments that we have had and and so like this wasn't immediately breaking him that's not to say that we he wouldn't have because we didn't get a ton of examples um and we didn't get to see um just how much someone like itabashi zangief over you know a, you know a few months of tournaments would have done with this but it, it, so it wasn't necessarily emerging as super broken but it, it feels like it absolutely would have been. And I think yeah. Capcom was kind of getting out ahead of this one and, and just nipping this one in the bud. At the same time, it's like if it wasn't if it wasn't the worst thing in the world, then great. But if it was, it was going to be a huge problem for the game. And th- this game is very close to being... I mean, it's hard to articulate because it's like it's it's in the best form or best shape it's ever been, I would say. Yeah. Uh, and that's the kind of thing that could really throw a wrench into the works. And it's like everything else could be perfect, but then that's there and that's just going to break you down. And so maybe it wasn't broken, but don't take a chance on it. And, and it really looks like it was. So uh, and it's it's hard because a character like Abigail is one of those. And I think we, we may get into this a little bit later. One of those characters that you don't really you, you can make a case for him not it's not good for him to be one of the best characters in the game just because of how he functions. And that's kind of, uh, you know, it's not, it's not the most objective statement, but that's kind of how we feel for, for reasons we can articulate. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy with this. I'll say that. Uh, Season three was a huge uh, problem for Abigail. Like that character in that season was ridiculous. And he got a number of changes, the the two bar V trigger that's gone, all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, let's not repeat that mistake. We've been there before. Um, It's as you just said, there's certain characters that are a big time problem. If they're very, very, very strong. Um, And especially with cheap stuff, like just complete, like unearned. Hey, I'm, I've just cornered you with one of the best cornering characters in the entire game. When he gets you cornered and he has a scenario going for him in the right way, you're probably dead about 70% of the time. Like giving that to him that easily is just too much. I get he has a lot of drawbacks in other areas, but even then uh, uh, Brutus was on Twitter just saying like, hey, look, Abigail is still a strong character. Uh, He just has more trouble putting people in the blender and just wrecking them in a short span of time. That's harder to do, but that's kind of what we want, right? I get he's a brawler, you know, grappler, whatever you want to call him, right? You you have to have with these kinds of characters, you have to have the blender to an extent because that's the only way they're really going to score wins. At the same time, the blender is so powerful. And and that might be kind of what we're getting at when you say you don't want certain characters. If they hinge on things like that, then they they start to get into that all or nothing realm. And that's so low resolution. It's like when you're tweaking Abigail and I don't I don't uh, envy the, the developers that have to go through and tweak characters like this, because it's like if you think about it like a dial where you can like turn them up or turn them down a little bit or a balance a balance scale with Abigail, the dial doesn't turn just a little bit. It goes in big, you know, movements in either direction or if you're going to put balancing you know you can't just put a few little like you know a little gram here a little gram there it's like you have to put a whole 10 pounds every time you want to make any kind of adjustment and that's just sort of the way the character works now and that's it's not a definite rule like you can tweak little things about the character and his frame data and whatnot but the things that usually are the make or break aspects of the character tend to be more of those low resolutions either they're there or they're not 
and if they're there and you know too if they're too easy to do it just breaks the game yeah i'll actually go back to an example from a previous game and that was um, um street fighter 4 arcade edition where zangief was a top three character it was like yan yang and then like zangief you know and some people had fei long up there whatever he was one of the more dominant characters and, and you know during that like that span of time we had players like van geef snake eyes and a few others like zangief was a very popular character and <laughs> We had one of the developers, you know, pull us aside and say, like, look, like the comparison here is like Indiana Jones and like, you know, the ball that chases him at the very beginning of the, the movie. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like when you're playing against Zangief, you feel like that all the time in this game. And they felt like that was a bad way for the game to play and that Zangief needed to earn more of that. And, you know, we went into Ultra and we went into other you know versions of that 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 game that character i should say and, and he was just fine it wasn't like zangief turned you know flat out garbage he just was not a top three character anymore and and so the the amount of kind of like stress and other stuff you're putting people under when you're playing against him like it dropped down quite a bit and and, and that's how come you have to be very careful with grappler types like abigail where if you give them super strong blender stuff like you're really hurting the enjoyment of the game for a lot of people and we saw that a ton with season three so I, I have to comment just a, briefly on that. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't remember people saying Zangief was necessarily a top three or not, but I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not certain either way um, on that one. And this is more in like the arcade edition in 2012 era. You're saying uh, arcade edition before 2012, but yes, before 2012. Okay, so I think I was playing Snake Eyes in 2012, and I definitely got my fair dose of probably easily the best Zangief in the world. And there's competition from Itazan during those those years, but I think. Um, there was definitely a period there where, where Snake Eyes was unequivocally the best. Um, and, and so I, I remember, though, feeling more like he was like like Snake Eyes could beat anyone in the world. And I felt confident that there was a time where I was like, he's the best player in America. He might be the best player in the world because it like even Zangief's worst matchups in like Sagat. Uh, Snake was getting around and so that might be able to speak to the idea of the character being up there but I do also remember uh, a lot of people balancing um, that kind of argument by saying no it's just this this particular player is super good but he's playing a character that's not that great although I will say that again I think that was more in the 2012 years and, and I don't remember the specifics but he may have been toned down um, a good bit between Arcade Edition and 2012 so um, yeah just to, just to kind of go through that little period there Right. So going back to Abigail, many people had him in the top 10 for this year. And, you know, some claims with him being even stronger than that. But my guess now is that he falls out of the top 10 with this. Um, This was really strong stuff that he did not need. Um, He has other tools to fall back on. And, and, you know, his play has to be a bit more honest, you know, than he did previously. That's kind of how I look at it. He's not an honest character, but he has to be a bit more honest this time around uh, with season 5.0. March 2020. <laughs> Season 5-point March. I like it. Uh, <laughs> that's what I'm calling it for now. 5-point March. Uh, yeah, and, and again, like you're... I, I don't know if you can uh, just hammer it down or, or hone it in on uh, like how many spaces he might have dropped in the tiers, you know, like relatively speaking. But you're saying like at least out of the top 10, that could be, you know, like a good five, five places. And just from... Um, a few small tweaks like this and you see like a big potential movement for the character so again pointing back to how it's how it's hard to turn the dial just a little bit with a character like abigail yeah so getting into it now we have our number one character someone we've never discussed on the podcast before ever and that's rashid um (laughs) and just to tell people a simple story we were at capcom cup 
Dream King and I are chilling and waiting for uh, Raptor to come out. And uh, and someone walks by us and they're like, six Rashids in Capcom Cup? This is bull. And, and I, we, we were just like, we were just sitting there chilling. And like, he didn't say it to us. He was just like saying it to his group of friends and whatnot. And he was just pissed. And yeah. Um, so apparently Capcom heard that statement as well. And Rashid got pretty, uh, got hit pretty darn hard. And I'll start here with the EXDP of his, his invincible reversal, having an additional 10 frames of recovery. And when you saw reports of this, like hit online, people are initially laughing at this change because they thought like the main takeaway was that you could crush counter him, uh, you know, have a bigger window to do it. Right. Like, right. Oh, okay. Sure, Capcom, great. That's awesome. And then as we we found out, there's much further reaching implications here. Now Rashid does not get the Okazemi pressure he used to get after an EXDP. So he could reversal and change the entire momentum of a match and then get pressure after it and kind of blow you up, do his Rashid Vortex, basically, right? Mm-hmm. So... Um, with the additional 10 frames of recovery, basically Rashid is still plus, I think he's like a plus three or something like that, but he's also not in a range where he can dash up those extra 10 frames of recovery. Now that he has really is a game changer. And I saw top end Rashid players going like, I thought I was doing something wrong. I thought I was messing up my timing. I thought, I'm like, no, what that is, is you just don't have the privilege of everything on your side so that when you do any XDP, you can potentially win off of that one stupid move that blows up everyone else's pressure. That's that's what you don't get anymore. That's what you don't understand from playing for shit. Like, yeah, you actually have like a not godlike character, right? So, anyway, well, that's also plainly there in the patch notes. It wasn't a hidden nerf. So the fact that they weren't aware that it was there, like, well, this is weird. It's not working the same way. It's like, did you did you read the patch notes, Rashid player? <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, you could also to to blow up EXDP further. You can um, the, the extra ten frames of recovery also mean that you can do a jump combo instead and land even bigger you know a crush counter punish is, is the best some characters can get but some can do a full jump combo especially if that's super and do like 500 600 damage or whatever so Rashid is going to get punished harder for doing exdps and he's going to get less advantage from doing it that right there is a gigantic change i'm just freaking thrilled to see just thrilled now i will never be one to complain on christmas which it feels like it is right now uh, but Rashid has not been performing well in season five because he was nerfed and to the degree that he was nerfed has been something that we've discussed and and we're not exactly sure how um, how much these changes would resonate with. I know when we first saw them on paper, we're like, I don't know if this is going to be enough or not, but we'll see. But certainly he has been one of those characters that has been still represented in tournaments and has not been performing at the same level. Um, this is true for Topanga. This is true for Evo Japan, which are two kind of big, um, at least as when it comes to like international and Japanese performances on the competitive level. Um, so we've gotten a reasonable kind of sample. And Rashid was already, I would say, amply nerfed. And then he's gotten more. Now, again, I'm not complaining. I'm super down for Rashid to be even worse than he was. But it's like, was, was this necessary? I don't know. I mean... Rashid has had so much privilege going throughout since I think like season two onwards. It's if he's a mid-tier character, I'm thrilled with that because people are still going to play him. And and if he's just because I mean, before I had him pretty solidly in the top 10, you know, with all the nerfs, some people had him like, you know, up there at number one, still number two, top, top three, top five is what we saw consistently with most other people. I was hardcore that he was only top 10. Uh, this could drop him into 15, 20 range. We'll see uh, because he also got another nerf that we'll talk about here in a second. But 
this character is so popular and so many people play him. I just would like to see him not be as much of a presence as he has been. Um, he's just been way too common, and if he's mid-tier, he's still viable. The, the mid-tier in this game is still really good, and, and it's hard for me to see a future where Rashid is still not really good. We had Big Bird on Twitter just talking all sorts of crap about how Rashid is still great, and everyone can suck it, and he's you know going to beat everyone's butt with them. Hey, you know if he can still do it, that's fine. Um, but uh, I'm I'm personally thrilled to see this character knocked down because screw this guy, we've seen him way too much. And that might be where Capcom's coming from. That would be a, a legitimate motivator for them to carry on like this and further nerf him, even though everything that I just said uh, about him performing reasonably worse. And, uh, and and that's fine. Maybe they want to just see other characters. And yes, the, the fact that there were six of these characters in Capcom Cup last year and that he's been such a presence. I mean, we saw a similar treatment to Cammy before when she was dominating the top eights and, and one of the most popular characters. And, you know, in the esports realm, you do want to kind of um, give people new, uh, fresh looks in a fresh season. I think that that's um, a, a valid thing to chase. And so maybe that's the reason why. But again, I, you know, I don't, I don't think he necessarily needed to be nerfed anymore. But him being a mid-tier character is absolutely fine in everybody's book, I would say, except for maybe Rashid players. And even then, a lot of these changes where you're going, oh man, I almost I almost feel bad for these players. And you'll look at their reactions on Twitter and they'll say, oh man, this is this is gnarly, but it makes sense. <laughs> so uh, probably, I, I don't know about this next one though. We'll see yeah. uh, this this because this is the big attention grabber. So yeah, this is um, this is going around in circles right now. And his roll one shot, his, his fireball, it appears to have a larger hurt box on it. And that means that the block strings that Rashid players would normally do in neutral, they have to be spaced more precisely. Uh, again, this is, you know, very, it's maybe not very comparable to Guile's like scenario because I don't know if Guile's really ever getting punished much for, you know, doing a V skill too. But we are seeing people blow up and interrupt Rashid's uh, uh, roll one shot. Uh, strings that he would do pretty much all the time. Mm-hmm. And and again, the frame data on this, I want to be very careful with this, as far as we know, has not changed at all, but the hurt box has grown. So you're able to do the same things you were before, like in terms of punishing it frame data wise, but the Rashid player has to be much more mindful of their spacing and how they go about this. And I will throw this out there that showing this in training mode is one thing, but I want to see how it looks in practice because we've we've talked about Rashid nerfs many 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 times, and I, I, I'm I think this is going to be a, a significant thing. That's why we're bringing it up. It's why Rashid is number one. Um, but this was also possible before, so I want to see how many characters have good options for dealing with it now. Like, if you're a stubby character, do you is this now something that you can actually properly you know deal with, or is it still pretty much the same old Rashid that we've been seeing for the last few seasons? And he's still a top ten character, and he's still great, and he's running rampant in tournaments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to lay out uh, specifically what this change looks like for those that haven't seen it, and it is when Rashid is putting pressure on you and does a move, and you block it, and then he cancels that move into his whirlwind shot um now there, there's uh, save for his light whirlwind shot um, if he does medium heavy or ex then there has always or well in recent years there has been a gap there where you can interrupt the thing is is that he's usually spaced himself far enough away after doing a block string or just being that far and being able to reach you um he'll he'll is it like the down forward heavy you know something like that where he'll do that and then cancel into the whirlwind shot and um and 
while you could interrupt there normally, you won't be able to reach where he's at, and it becomes one of those infamous Street Fighter V trap scenarios where, yes, technically there's there's um, there's a gap here, or you should be able to punish, but because of the spacing, your attempt to punish actually becomes uh, detrimental to you, where you just open yourself up to get hit by the next move that's coming in, that being the whirlwind shot. Now, the hurt box, when he cancels into the whirlwind shot, is so far forward that... Uh, you push any button and you end up hitting him before he's able to throw that projectile out there. And uh, I think that that's going to be a pretty big deal because uh, as you think about like what Rashid can do, a ton of his strength came from his ability to pressure people in the corner. And now, again, this has been something as far as interrupting goes or, or the ability to push something in between. Um, it's been something for a while. And I think it, it didn't used to be a couple of years back and then Capcom changed things so that you could at least interrupt him. And so that would make his corner pressure, which was even greater back in the day, a little bit nerfed. But now it's to the point where um, those that know and that are aware are going to not only, I mean, it used to be that if you knew, maybe you could do something, but maybe you couldn't just because of the spacing, so it kind of was moot. In fact, it was almost like a detriment to you because actually trying to take your turn where you could was was actually a faux um, opportunity. And now exactly. it's a very real opportunity for just yes. about everyone, including the stubby, you know, Nikali or, or, or Kage or whatever. It seems like everyone and their mother can hit Rashid. Uh, from almost goofy-looking distances if he's canceling into this move, and uh, and we'll take it. Yeah. And on top of this now, uh, on what you just mentioned, there were also a number of V-Skill 2 nerfs, which wasn't used that often except to kind of cheese players out. You usually saw most of the pro players, you know, sticking with, with V-Skill 1. But, hey, Rashid having a harder time just kind of scrubbing people out uh, because they added a bunch more recovery to V-Skill 2, hey, I'll take it. You know, it's, yeah. it's yet another, you know, kind of like, hey, let's not have kind of dumb scrubby moves in this game that just you have to lab heavily. You can blow it up, but you have to lab it heavily to like kind of counter it. Right. Like it's it's nice not having those those frustrating moves that are just kind of scrub killers. Right. So. Mm -hmm. My guess here is Rashid is slipping to the top 15. I had him around the top 10. You know, I, I said he's probably no lower than top 10. Now I can actually see this guy in the top 15's prediction. Um, that is still very good in this game. But to, to make this more concrete, I do want to watch some footage of this guy in action, like in tournament and a few other places, um, and, and, and kind of see where that goes. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking top 15 now. If you're top 15 in this game, you're still real good. So it, it's not like, you know, Rashid is dropped by everyone and all that kind of stuff. Just if you want a super cheap character, you're probably going to look elsewhere. Right. I hope, you know. Yeah. So now I will remind everyone that in season four, there was some debate as to which character was better. Rashid or Akuma. Akuma did not get nerfs in this patch. He actually got buffs to his V skill too. Akuma is far too powerful right now in my opinion, and he needs to be hit. I could not believe it when I read through the patch notes that, that Akuma was not only left intact, but he got buffs to his V skill too to give it more use. What the hell are you doing, well, Capcom? Yes. What are you doing? They they went into uh, they went into Akuma with the mindset that and, and we seen this applied to other characters where they want to not so much reduce the or nerf the character but they want to encourage um, other options with the character because a certain skill or well in this case a certain skill um, traditionally it's been a v trigger is not being used enough and so now they're trying to uh, hype up his v skill too which is is a different scenario because 
it means that you're leaving behind the other V skill in yeah. order to do this. And that's a big deal for Akuma, who, who's, you know, his, his V skill is one of, um, it's really integral to a lot of his combos, you know, getting some side switches going on and things like that. So to get an Akuma to go away from that V skill is going to, is going to take a lot. And obviously the job wasn't getting done with V skill too, which for those that, um, haven't ever seen it, it's where he, uh, strikes a pose and powers up. And I believe he builds V trigger out of it, right? Yeah, it's a he he builds V gauge out of it. He like stomps and he can do some stuff off of it. It's mm. it's it's actually not bad at all. It's just it's not as good as V skill one. Right, and it and it also has like a hitbox at the beginning of it where you can like juggle and I think you can do uh, is it a fireball out of it, right? So it it has a, a little versatility to it. It's not just uh, you know he shouldn't stand there for a second because a lot of the times those kind of moves like in Dragon Ball Z for example or Dragon Ball Fighters, um, you can do that sort of a thing, but you don't see it all that often from what I know. Um, about the game just because standing there and building meter is like that's cool but usually you can build meter while you're also moving toward the goal of killing the other guy right so yeah. anyways um v skill 2 it's, it's simultaneously nerfed and buffed but i think that it's been buffed they just were like we did a lot to this like <laughs> we buffed it up a lot so we need to nerf it a little bit in other ways so that it's probably just to use it in specific ways and not have it be um covering too many options at once something like that uh, but it would be interesting to see what Akuma with V-Skill 2 really looks like because we haven't had much of an example of that. And that's going to be a whole other beast again because he wouldn't have V-Skill 1. It's In a weird way, it could almost be something of a nerf to the character if they were able to get people to choose V-Skill 2 in that. And it's not nerf's not the, the, not the most accurate word here. A nerf by buffing it. Yeah, I got it. Well, no. it, 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 <laughs> no, it no. would be... That's the thing. That's you, you nailed it. That's Capcom's mentality with Akuma. Let's nerf him by buffing him further. That will be perfect. That's well, exactly might, what they're doing. He might be good in a different way, but maybe that means that uh, certain play styles or approaches are more effective against him, and it makes it a little bit easier. It's, it's like it's it's he's he's really good at the end of the day like he's not he's not falling from this at all but maybe it changes him in a way that's sort of pleasant to fight is like the 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 silver lining if there is one but you're not wrong at all like the character is uh emerging as probably the strongest in the game um he's always up there in the conversation about top three and even though he did get nerfs in the initial season five patch uh, they clearly weren't enough to uh, to take him out, as evidenced by Tokido's performance in Topanga, which Tokido's absolutely one of the greatest, if not the, the current greatest player in the world right now, but we still never saw him do as, as well as he did um, at Topanga. And it's like some of that is just him being awesome and training and such, but you got to say some of it is just the rebalancing of the game too, because going like, what was it, 7-0 and in the first round and only losing one set at the entirety of Topanga, it's like... Yeah, and, and, or uh, also 7 0 Daigo in a first to, oh, well, geez. first to seven that Daigo had time to plan for. Uh, and, and with new and improved Gaio with V skill too, that some of that equation is Akuma just being a head and shoulders better than most other characters. Yeah, and just to share a very quick story here, our friend Tyler, um, he used to play Akuma all the time, and then he actually ended up you know, going away from Akuma to play G this season. And guess who he switched back to? He switched <laughs> back to Akuma not that long ago. G might be the number one character in this game. Now, I'm, I'm starting to doubt that. I'm really starting to think it's Akuma because I actually think Akuma beats G in that matchup. It's a story for another time. So... 
that's how good Akuma is in this game. Like, G players are dropping him to go to Akuma. That's how good this... I'm going to lose my mind if we keep going, so we better get to some other stuff here real fast. We had some honorable mentions. Like, go ahead and kick us off there. Like, these characters, we didn't feel it were as impactful, but they still had an impact. What are you seeing there? Well, the first one that I wanted to get to, and who I was particularly excited by this change, not because it's been um, game-breaking by any cha- by any stretch of the imagination, but I've certainly felt the frustration and it, it feels like it functioned in a way that it wasn't supposed to and that is her v-skill 2 caltrop we've spoken about that a couple of times now at its potential we haven't really seen it implemented in tournament play to the point where we're like okay yeah sign sealed for sure that's uh, a big deal and, and making with, her one of uh, go with ahead the by the way too with Ibuki's V-Skill Caltrop that throws on right. the ground. Yes. Right, Ibuki's V-Skill 2 Caltrop. Um, the thing that's been changed about it is, uh, well, I should say first, the, the move exists as something of a trap or setup um, situation where she can throw this thing that has a hitbox on the ground and now all of a sudden you have to worry about that or it's like right on you as you stand up and it gives her a mix up left and right. It's pretty clear that that's how this move functions. Now, the weakness in it is that if she's doing it from, uh, you know, just out of the neutral, she probably shouldn't be able to do it just willy nilly because that's just gonna be too strong, right? She's gonna have to set it up. Well, she could sort of do it from the neutral and if you try to jump in at her, she the way her animation works, she kind of tosses it up right in front of her and then it falls down in front of her uh, a little farther on the ground. When she does the little toss up, if you jumped in, it would have a hurt box or a hit box immediately and it could hit you and then it would still fall on the ground and then be there. Mm-hmm. And maybe she trades, maybe it, <laughs> I don't know if it would like just beat you outright sometimes, but certainly the trade would happen and she would still get the benefit of having the Caltrop out there as a trap or something that you have to worry about while fighting Ibuki. Um, and, and it's sort of similar to Nikali's V-Skill 2 where he pukes on the ground and then it, it uh, ekes toward you for a little while. But the difference was um, in that one, if you hit Nikali, it disappears, including if you hit him on the startup of it. And I think that that's appropriate because, again, it has its function, and its function isn't to like be a, a particularly strong move on startup. It's supposed to be something that exists out there that makes you worry about it a little bit later. Abuki's was checking too many boxes, and they changed it so that if she gets hit while she's tossing it out there, it disappears. Now, I don't know if it will trade still. Um, I assume it still would, but at least it won't be out there if you catch her doing it in neutral. And I think that's a that's a pretty, uh, I don't know how big of a deal it would have ended up being in the long run, but it was gonna, it's, it's gonna save a lot of frustration from a move that's kind of functioning beyond what I think it's intended to do. So good job Capcom there. Uh, did you have anything that you wanted to say about yeah, her? Yeah, I'm just happy because I said Ibuki was potentially the number one character in this game. And if people came up to me and were like, yo, dude, you were wrong. Now I can be like, well, she got nerfed. I got an option select now. I can <laughs> totally say that. Oh, yeah, she was, but she got nerfed. And I, I just don't want to. And, and I honestly don't know if she was that. I think she was probably around top five previously. I don't know if this is changing a lot. It is nice. It's kind of like one of those how I view it as a quality of life type thing where if Ibuki guessed wrong, she gets punished for it now or before she could still kind of make out like a bandit, like a ninja, you know, kind of thing and get away and get the win. And now it's like, oh, they're making it a little bit more fair. But I am still terrified of when I see the stuff in CN uh, and other players hands and whatnot. I think it's going to be really good still. But yeah. Mm. 
Now, Zeku is the next character that I just wanted to give something of an honorable mention to when we're talking about, um, you know, changes here in this latest uh, March point five patch. And he got some similar treatment to Akuma in that uh, Capcom is clearly trying to encourage V-Skill 2 use. So they buffed it by making... Um, now, his V-Skill 2, for those of you that haven't ever seen it, is he like calls in his animal friends to help him. And it's a different animal, whether he's old or young. Um, one of them, and I forget off the top of my head which one's which because I haven't seen these, but one of them, he it's uh, <laughs> like a little like raccoon thing that runs in and has uh, dynamite sticks on its back and it blows up for four hits. Um, or I'm sorry, uh, and the other one is a uh, uh, like a bird that flies in and, and drops um, mm-hmm. a projectile on you, right? Um, and so these, uh, immediately in seeing these, I'm like, there's so much potential in this, but it's going to take a lot of lab time mm-hmm. and a lot of thinking around corners to um, evolve this into something that's not just the most obvious, straightforward means of using these. And a lot of players are not going to be willing to put in the amount of time that it's going to take to make this really good. So it's it's, it's fairly technical, but I see a lot of potential in it. And it, it's more along the lines of like, just wait until someone like Shen, who, uh, you know, took Gen, was a character similar. Like there's so much potential here, but there's a lot of work to be get, to, to be done with his two stances and his technicality. But if you do put that time in, maybe you're going to figure out that there's, uh, there's a ceiling that no one realized with this. And then all of a sudden you're going in wrecking shop and winning Evo 2013, I think it was, right? So um, basically what happened with these V-Skills is that they're a little bit faster when you want to cancel into them. So uh, it, it just means that Zeku's going to be able to get them out more frequently and probably get even better setups than he was able to before. I don't know, again, the potential uh, of what this V-Skill was like before this, but now it's even better. And um, maybe this will encourage people to explore it to the point where we're going to start seeing it more often. But uh, I'm not at all upset. I think it's cool because we, again, haven't seen this very much and Capcom wants to see more variety. I'd like to see more variety. And as long as it didn't turn into like something super broken, which I have no evidence that it would be, I think it's a good call. Yeah, um, I, I agree with you being very technical, the, the change to his V-Skill 2s. I think you can set up a lot of stuff. I'm just not sure the reward is there. Um, uh, Dream King and I actually just went through doing a lot of lab research on Gil's V-Skill, Art V-Skill, V-Trigger 2, which is the ice carpet you know, thing and then the ice tree he can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and we lab that thing for about a month and we're not able to find anything viable from it, like pretty much at all. Like there's some stuff, but it's like, why would you ever use that when you can use V-Trigger 1, you know, the fire thing? So... Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I hope it's not the case here, but but Zeku's other stuff is just so good. I, I worry that this might not be great. But I mean, I'm looking at some setups right now where, you know, the bird comes in and drops a bomb behind you and then Zeku is able to do all this other stuff in front of you now. Uh, it's interesting, you know, and he's a little bit more advantageous, you know, when, it, when setting it up. There's some cool stuff, but I just don't know if it. it it holds enough of the cheap factor of what makes a character good in Street Fighter V. So I, I hope someone you know is able to, to put the time in and just make it amazing, but I'm skeptical because we haven't really seen this work very well in this game yet. So, mm-hmm. And then my final uh, honorable mention character here has to be Alex, who <laughs> I was watching the episode of uh, Futurama a few nights ago where um, Fry, the main character, has uh, he had like 93 cents in his bank account. And that was back in like the uh, the year 1999, I think it was. And then now they're in like the year 3000. So that's grown to be like billions of dollars and you become suddenly rich. <laughs> and it feels like Alex is one of those characters that uh, his his lariat, I don't, 
is uh, is forward heavy punch, right? Is uh, that move that, that Capcom just keeps buffing. And so in a thousand years, it's going to be this like billions of dollar worth uh, kind of account, if you will. Um, but it just keeps getting a little bit better and a little bit better, and it still isn't making the character what he needs to be. Um, but it has been buffed once again. It uh, now has an extended hitbox um, downward, right? So mm-hmm. it's like, going to hit lower uh, because it w- there are times where it would like go over its op- your opponent if they were crouching and they were too close. So now that won't happen anymore. So, uh, but again, it's it's kind of almost a meme, especially with Nick around because he uh, oh my uh, he he literally every time there's a patch note, he's like, well, I guess Alex Lariat got buffed, and every time he's right. Every time they they always buff his lariat. Like I, I have a little meme I throw where uh, throughout there where it's an image of Alex doing his lariat, but his arm is like ten times his normal size. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's it's going to become unblockable that, yeah. and hit full screen, and it's and Alex will still be a mid to low tier character, right? It's just going to be the way it is. But it's uh, it's for some reason Capcom is fixated on this move. It's like this is the move that Alex needs, and it just needs to be a little bit better, and it's going to make him a viable character or. Uh, uh, well, maybe maybe this is the one, guys, but I hope not because it's funny if it's not. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I did look at this fairly closely. It does. I'm a little bit more intrigued by this than the Alex players I, I, I looked at. Uh, they're all like, look, like, why are we not going to pick Visco 1 still? Like, this is just not going to do it because they're basically saying, like, yeah, you're getting 20 more damage and 10 more stun for all the changes they made. But that's it. Like, you know, so you can do all of his EX cancels, but it's not adding up to a lot. So maybe there's some setups you can get off of it. Maybe there's a few other things that people discover. I'm not as I'm not as against Alex being okay in this game. I don't think he's good, but I think he's okay because he's so explosive. And let's say he does like his EX stampede to in a combo now, maybe he gets kind of the Oki pressure or a few other things are like, a, you know, um, he has some other way to kind of knock you up into the air to put you into a reset scenario, something like that where he can kind of blow you up and kind of keep that explosiveness going, I should say. And that's kind of the potential I see with this, where it's not so much the combos that you get from it, but maybe there's some way to get a reset in there that you know people haven't discovered just yet. So that's kind of my hope for it, but I don't think that's going to make Alex great. Um, he's still probably one of the worst characters in the game, and, uh, uh, and and if he gets a reset like that, he maybe gets up into like the viable tier. So and now, are you talking about the other buff he got, the uh, the buff to his V skill too? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Right. And, which is um, yeah, and and that buff is that uh, his V skill. To overchain can now be canceled into from EX air stampede, EX slash elbow, and EX flash chop. So a little more uh, combo ability with his um, EX specials into his V skill too. But then all the things that you just said. Yeah, yeah. So we're crossing our fingers for Alex. Uh, um, he's a big fan favor. A lot of people play this guy, even though I mean he's he's been maybe like the first time he was released. Maybe he was mid tier. I hear a lot of people argue against that, like he was even that good then. Um, but definitely since he's been a low tier character, and and yet he has people who play him at a very high level, uh, who love the character. Uh, I really wouldn't mind seeing Alex be a bit better as long as they tone down some of the robbery aspects of him and make right. him more well, solid, but but yeah. That leads into another question that I have about this. It's like Alex has been near the bottom or low enough that he hasn't really been um, a force to be reckoned with or even really acknowledged in the competitive scene or in the competitive play area, I should say, but 
is he that type of character that you don't want him to be one of the best in the game? Does he fit that sort of archetype? Because you, and you just brought up like the things that are good about him, especially like his V-Trigger 1, for example, are fairly robbery. Yeah. I, I think that to, for him to be good and, and me to be okay with it, they'd have to overhaul the character pretty well. Uh, we've talked extensively about his V-Trigger 1 uh, being two bars and just being robbery is all hell uh, and just not fun to lose to. It, it's like you you just feel like it's a bunch of hard reads and, and you know you sometimes guess right and you sometimes don't. Um, and it's just basically flipping a coin at a, and a lot of points with it. So um, mm-hmm. that's bad design if you ask me and you definitely don't want that to be good. You don't, don't want that to be a dominant factor of playing. Um, and so if they re... If they redid him and based him a little bit more around his normals, I'd be happy. But it's also the history of Alex that he sucks. Like, I, I hate to say it. Like, he's one of more, you know, more. he's a popular character. I like him. I played him in Third Strike. He was my main character. Um, but he he's just, just kind of sucks. He so. wasn't amazing in Third Strike either, was he? Oh, he's terrible. Uh, he, was, he was actually considered to be um, the worst tournament character in the game. Like, worse than everyone you know at a tournament level like he wasn't the worst like tier wise but like he was like the worst of the viable characters uh, he was the worst uh, character you could play in a tournament match like because any high level person would know how to deal with him and blow him up and you just were you were putting yourself at a worse handicap than even playing sean r12 or anyone else like it just you could not win with the character in tournament he was that bad really quick aside because i don't want to get too hung up on this but we talk often about how ryu being the poster boy of street fighter should be stronger than he has been in street fighter 5 and that's been a big reason as to why people would want that now alex was actually kind of supposed to replace ryu in street fighter 3 as the main character um that may maybe he's not the poster boy uh maybe that's just like the start of like if this goes well maybe he could become the poster boy or something but he was the main central character in street fighter 3 was there ever that kind of a discussion about him where like, well, if he's going to be the main character, he needs to be better. Or is that not a thing for, for hundred percent was a thing and something people talked about, but only the hardcore community. When you go to casual gamers, they know Ryu, they know Ken, they know Kuma, all those characters. They, they might know Alex, but Alex is definitely not a iconic video game character like these other characters are. Um, right. So yeah. Gotcha. All right. So last up here on, on the patch notes, if you looked at them, you saw more than 80 instances of hitbox extended inward. And how do you extend something inward? We don't know exactly, but we do know approximately what that means. And that means that stuff that would normally whiff from close ranges will have less of an opportunity of that situation to whiff, basically. So um, they were there were likely specific situations that came up against some characters where a combo wouldn't work when it otherwise should have. I saw some footage of Fong. And it looked like he could connect some of his like standing light punch uh, on crouching characters where it would normally whiff before. And it sounds to me like this change and so many characters got it like all up and down. Uh, like I said, over 80 instances of, of this being mentioned. It sounds to me like it's it's combo behavior and, and, and attack changes to like basically make the game universal across the board. And if I'm playing against Chun-Li, I don't have to worry about doing a completely different combo on her because, hey, guess what? It actually functions how it should. So mm-hmm. it's not a gigantic change, but it's a welcomed one where if I'm a Fong player on top of everything else I have to juggle, I don't have to learn brand new combos for five of the cast members because guess what? For some stupid reason, it doesn't work on them. And that's kind of how I looked at this change. It, there could be some 
some other stuff that's more significant, but overall it was more of like just kind of smoothing over some rough edges that a number of characters had in very specific instances. Right. And so like to kind of, people have been a little bit hung up on this because it is odd wording. Um, It is a little bit confusing. Although I will say that as I thought about it this morning, I was like, how would you exactly phrase this, you know, to to be more... um, uh, clear and as I'm thinking about it, I'm like oh, increase the hitbox inward yeah that's about wait that's exactly what it is I don't know that I have a necessarily better phrase to to say here have you come up with one off the top of your head or no I mean made it so characters wouldn't whiff at close ranges sure but I, how yeah. did you do that by extending the hitbox inward so it, I, yes it is, I, I get it, it but yeah yeah everybody has indeed you're not you're not weird for thinking like that sounds weird and you have to read it like three times and imagine and, and for those of you that haven't seen it yet basically if you were to like extend your arm out in a fist say that the the hitbox was from your fist to about your elbow um and then if between your elbow and your shoulder there wasn't a, a hitbox now that hitbox will be extended i don't know if it would be fully all the way to your shoulder but it's further you know back along your arm so um, that's kind of what it would look like and you're right though that when these kind of of errors happen where something kind of just suddenly whiffs where especially when it visually doesn't look like it should um, and, and then that's more in relation to all of the other moves that hit um, in, in a certain situation and then like one for some reason doesn't act like everything else would based on kind of like the, the general rules and the atmosphere that a game develops um, that, that can be extremely frustrating. Another one of these sort of, of issues happens when characters are in animations where um, they're, they're in kind of like a weird shape or form, like when Akuma does his uh, demon flip into his dive kick, right? If he does mm-hmm. that super deep, he's in a, a you know, like a, he's got his foot out and he's like kind of hunched over and he's in a, a very different um, um, you know, position than he normally is. The move happens and then he resets back into his... Uh, standing animation but he's way the hell in there with his foot extended and then when he goes back to his standing animation he is almost like he teleports away from you a little bit in order to get back to that animation and when you go to punish or like to take your turn you're suddenly much farther away than you were just a, a split second ago and it's kind of like this weird jump where the character's like center moves backwards. And that's another one of the situations where I wish they would change so that he's really is right up next to you and negative, by the way, if he's right up next to you and plus that's BS. But uh, yeah, like things like that can be very, very annoying. And it looks like Capcom has attended to uh, that in a very big way, considering how many characters moves got this treatment. So cool. Yeah, well, uh, next up, we didn't just get balance changes. We got matchmaking improvements. And mm-hmm. I actually have not had a chance to, to jump in and grind on ranked yet. But I got someone who previously had a lot of issues with the matchmaking in Dream King to give me a rundown. And so I stole his thoughts for the podcast because heck with doing work when you can get other people to do it for you. So hey, when you're the boss. <laughs> there you go. Um, so I made him play Street Fighter Five. That's definitely work. It's, sometimes it can be, actually. But, uh, but yeah. Um, He said that the matchmaking was definitely better as he previously he'd been fighting the same three or four people in a row when he'd go on to play ranked uh, previously. Uh, And then those three or four people would sometimes be from a different country than the U.S. So repeat opponents happen less often for him now. And then they were mostly U.S. based people. Uh, He did get a few people outside of the country he lives in, but it, it didn't happen nearly as often as it was previously. So five bars is what he played under, which is a new setting. You know, um, at least the parameters of it are new. 
you know, kind of thing, the way it works. Oh, you mean it's like what playing on five bars means something different now? Exactly, exactly. Um, So because of how matchmaking works now, I think the connection is a larger factor than skill and points because he was actually consistently getting uh, people way outside of his point range now, uh, where previously he was like always kind of getting other diamond players and other stuff to to play against him. Um, Now it's like he's playing warlords and and other stuff. And he's like, ah, this this is, you know, I'd rather have a better connection, you know, but it seems like the the skill uh, factor of, of who Capcom matches you up with is less of a factor. And now they're going more for pure connection. Like, yeah, you might get bodied, but hey, you know, your connection is going to be better when you do. So and that makes sense. I mean, that's kind of what we're asking for because Capcom's hands are, are fairly tied here in certain inst- like respects. It's like, well, do you want more matches or do you want higher quality connections? You know, mm-hmm. it's like kind of one or the other. And um, the diversity of the kinds of different players that you're going to get matched up with is obviously going to go down the, the more strict your uh, filters are. So, yeah. Now, I know you played online a bit. Like, what did you see? My uh, online has been interesting. Uh, it's, it's not the best report. But here, uh, my my internet, I have the best that I can get in my area, but it's still only um, 100 down and 10 up. Now, I feel like that's fairly average, although the, the bar is always going higher and higher. So it was average last week. I don't know if it's going to be average anymore. Um, and we've kind of determined that that's like kind of right on the cusp of viability when it comes to being able to play this game um, online. I, I, and this is what I've been playing on um for the majority of my my Street Fighter V career, and I've been able to get up to you know like Grandmaster rank on that and such. So it's like, it's been okay, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's been just fine. Um, but I, and I wonder how many people out there are playing on a, a fairly similar connection level because it would be relevant at that point because we're kind of measuring an, an average case. But um, I think I might be a little below average because I have not been able to get very many matches. I um, last night I tried. And uh, let's see what I got my notes here. So I went on and uh, the first match, uh, it, I didn't get a match. I set it on five bars only and I didn't get a match for about 20 minutes. And my, uh, my fiance is like, my fiance is like, well, can you like restart the game? I'm like, that's not going to do anything, babe. She's like, well, I mean, it's not working. And then after like three or four times of saying that, like, fine, I'll restart the game. Watch how long it takes. <laughs> oh, no. She's like, wow, this does take a while, but the colors are pretty on the uh, you know the blue and red. Anyways, we kick back into it after about twenty minutes of waiting, and then about five minutes of waiting thereafter, I get a match, and it works pretty well, and um, and that was cool. And then about five or so minutes later, I got another match, so it was fairly slow trickle, um, and this is at five bars, and then I had to play in the Street Fighter Amateur League. Um, in the uh, final four, which Team Phoenix won, so we're going on to the finals next week against Team New York, who uh, eats boogers. Anyways, that's another story for another time, but check that out next Tuesday. Um, anyways, I played again this morning and uh, with my little notepad here, and uh, the first match... Oh, this time I switched it to four to five uh, bar connection. And the first match I played, I got matched up with someone in Phoenix, which is the just the next town over from me, and uh, it only took uh, it was less than a minute, so I was like, "Ooh, that's a good that's a good start." And uh, all of these matches, um, I should say, every match that I've played thus far has had just enough little lag that you it reminds you that you're playing online. But um, I would take it as a valid enough representation of skill. And anyone that's been listening <laughs> to me or reading what I write about 
uh, how lag affects you know your your play and such. That's a pretty big praise for an online round. So it's been very good matches when I find them. Anyways, my first match comes within less than a minute, and this is on four to five bars. My second match comes about five minutes after finishing my first match, and then I waited for 45 minutes in training mode, actively playing, so I know that it didn't like turn off, you know. Um, from inactivity, but I never got another match all all morning for 45 minutes and then just eventually went and did something else. Um, so it hasn't been great for me, but the matches that I have been getting uh, are very good. Um, I've heard reports from other people around me that they're getting plenty of matches and that they're pretty good. So uh, it, what it's looking like is that if you have strong enough internet, this is a big benefit for you. And that's exactly what would make sense. Because again, uh, you know, the the... Well, just everything that we said before about the filters being more strict means you're going to have higher quality but lower quantity, and that's what I'm seeing. So with my situation, 100 down, 10 up, eh, pretty spotty. Could you even say that I can confidently sit down to play online? I don't know. I might. I, I very well might sit and wait 20, 45 minutes and not get a match, and if that's the case and this is the best internet that I can get, then for me and people like me, the answer is you might not really be able to play online. Is that a bad thing? <sighs> kind of, but again, Capcom's hands are tied and we asked for this, so eh. Yeah, um, what you need to do is you need to t uh, talk to your fiance and let her know that like, typically for weddings, you get the gift of better internet. And that's oh. just kind of how it works. And and she may not know this, but it is definitely a custom in the FGC. I've been around for a long time. I can definitely back this up. And there you go. So. But again, <laughs> we've, we've looked around. You've looked around or helped me uh, look and yeah. see if there's any better uh, offers in my area. And it's just the best there is. Yeah, but we'll find, like, she has to find something else. That's pretty much what I meant. You know, the implication is. We have like, to might, move? Yeah, you might have to move. You, she might have to research stuff for, like, you know, uh, like, as her full-time job, a few other things like that. And basically, like, we discover it's, like, under a hole in the ground and boom you've got better internet there you go. i see so yes All right. but anyway um for me um i played on five bars only before and now that setting is basically four bars um although with the region lock stuff that um that might even be locked down further and just to kind of explain that a bit more um the the way that capcom stated this is they said that if your location is a certain way uh, on the cfn and it doesn't match up with where you're actually at you should ping their support people to change it and what that tells me is that the the um the factor of, of how far away someone is for you is now much more of a thing when you're playing online they're looking at your ping time they're looking at how far away you are they're looking at all that kind of stuff and since it's a factor um, and not just the ping time or whatever, like they're able to lock down a lot more stuff than what was happening before. So considering what like Dream King just experienced, um, I think that it can be a win for people. And then for other people who are having a difficult time getting a match and maybe they live in like Zimbabwe or whatever, um, you might actually be really struggling to like ever play the game very much, you know, anymore kind of going forward, I wonder, you know, depending on like what rank you're in and all that other kind of stuff. Like you might have been able to have like an okay underwater experience for you, but maybe now you're not getting that at all, you know? So um, for me, I, I don't know if you want to have like a hardcore region lock thing in there, right? Where it's like, you know what, no one from outside of my area, because it's actually possible to have a good match against someone in Japan. Like you could actually have that happen. If both of you have like, you know, fiber connections and other stuff, you could have like a 20, 30 second, you know, uh, millisecond, I should say, ping time there. Um and be good to go. So when you're doing stuff like a default search and rank matches, like if them not implementing a hardcore strict region filter, I am in support of, right? 
But if that's maybe an option that they want to put in there, like, you know, it's it's in like three menus and you're like, hey, you know, disable anyone from ever playing me who's not in my region. That might be something I would be in support of. But um, th that's kind of a way of going about it. But I did want to kind of talk about the, the whole um, uh, region separation location based stuff because it's very clearly working right now. Not only uh, and, and before, I think it was almost entirely ping times. And what a ping is basically is uh, um, it's sending a little tiny bit of data uh, across the Internet and seeing how long it takes. It's a very simple way of putting it. So um, I actually think Capcom, the way they calculated ping in this, and I thought it was universal, but like playing Street Fighter V, it makes me wonder if it's not. I think that they have quite a bit of grace with how they calculate their ping times in this game. And I was definitely having people show up with like five bar connections, you know, based on the ping. And right. there was no way in hell that should have been labeled as a five bar connection. Yeah, that was a huge complaint from from a lot of people that it just wasn't accurate. The 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 level of connection that we were seeing just wasn't what we wasn't what we were seeing. Yes. So now, again, and now they've made that even more strict where if you want a five bar connection, that's uh, less than 20 milliseconds. Um, and then previously that was like less than 30. Right. Um, and just to give that a little bit of context here for people like you're like, OK, um, I'm not exactly sure what the heck that means. Um, Riot Games is hyping a state of the art net code for the next first person shooter that they are working on, a brand new one. And they are saying as part of that approach, many of their players will have 35 millisecond ping times or less. And keep in mind, a 35 second mill, uh, millisecond ping time in Street Fighter V would be the equivalent of a four bar connection. So that's one of the reasons how come I, I think that Capcom's a little generous when they're calculating pings. I don't know, again, exactly how they do it. Um, and so th that kind of gives you guys a context of, of what we're looking at. So anyway, with what they've done here, with making connections even more strict with ping times and then putting in a region lock, I think we're going to see some pretty big hardcore changes. And the, the unfortunate side effect is just what John brought up. We're also probably taking a portion of the player base. Uh, and some people are like, hey, we don't want that portion of the player base online anyway. You know, like screw them. Um, but we're probably kind of throwing them out and saying like, look, I don't know if you get to play anymore. You know, like you, you probably are not an online player anymore. So... <laughs> And that's it's interesting, and and I want to be very clear, um, as far as I can see, and and I'm kind of in that category. I'm really not pointing the finger at Capcom. This is what we asked for. Now, if the answer is well, they could also just make the game's general netcode better, and that would enable players that have connections like mine to to play. Well, then maybe it is sort of on Capcom because you do want to have as big of an audience and player base as, as possible, especially with how much online is a thing right now, um, particularly right now as everyone hangs out indoors, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but I mean, it's like maybe it's just we're waiting on the the general internet, you know, and, and the the ISPs to level things up or whatever, you know. And and um, but I do think that the way that things are moving forward, it's only a matter of time before a lot of the discussions that we're having about the problems and the, the slow stuff and whatnot are just going to be um, things of the past. It's just we're going to get over these problems and it's not even going to be an issue anymore where um, even like the, the, the lowest internet speeds and such that people have on average are going to be just fine for doing this kind of stuff. Um, I'm just hoping we get there sooner rather than later because I would like to play and um, and I can't go to locals right now. So uh, please, whoever, whoever it is, ISPs, Capcom, whatever, uh, uh, you know, level things up so that we can all play. Yeah, I, I mean, and, and just so people listening know, like, 
you know, we, we've been through John's connection before. I've, I have a decent technical background. I have an idea of like the basic steps we can do. We've done it all with him. And it's, it's like, he's just kind of stuck there, you know, waiting for his wedding to happen. So his wife can get him the better connection. But, um, uh, it's, it's kind of just an unfortunate set of circumstances and, and online games, they require online fighting games. They require quite a bit of precision to play them. And it's just, it's one of those situations. It, John said, this is exactly what we asked for. And what's the classic phrase? Be careful what you ask for. You just might get it. And well, yeah, I think it's a good thing, though. I think yeah. it is good. And, it's, and like because we're trying to make online this valid thing where you can use it to explore fighting game skill. And that very much hasn't been what it is. And then maybe this is a huge step toward that. And again, you're you're like limiting, but like that's what you have to do in order to get that refined um the refined sample yeah exactly it's it's like when the community went off of the playstation 3s into the 360s we we got very upset about how janky the the ps3 was when it was playing a number of games with frame drops and input latency and all that kind of stuff and we kind of forced the tos and a bunch of other people to go to a better setup so that we could play better and that meant hey you know there was less of some stuff to go around and, and you know we we kind of screwed <laughs> said screw you if you own a playstation that's pretty much what we did um and, and you know that's not inclusive you know it's very much the opposite and, and that's kind of maybe where as you said we have to go with online but uh but yeah mm-hmm. um so <laughs> i've spent a lot of time in training mode in fact 45 extra minutes this morning right and one of the things that I've been specifically practicing in training mode is uh, tuning up my hit confirms because that's always one of those things that you're going to want to have um, uh, ready to go and, and be strong about. And it's one of the hardest things to do. Throw out playing online, just I mean in general, single hit hit confirms. And, um, and so, but I've kind of made up a little game um, for myself to both be able to measure my progress and to have a little bit of fun slash add some anxiety when I'm just sitting in training mode. And that is to uh, simply do the whole uh, turn on block from the dummy to be random so they may or may not block. And um, and then with your character, whatever your single hit confirm is, um, choose that. For me, it's Nikali's um, standing medium kick into heavy kick target combo. But maybe it's, uh, if, if I'm playing with Kage, maybe it'll be like, um, uh, low forward and then confirming that into like a Tatsu, something like that. doesn't really matter, but just pick your one hit, hit confirm and set up the dummy like this. And then what you want to do is um, practice doing it and seeing if you can get 10 in a row, which by the way, you can't because <laughs> it's really hard. And this is coming from someone who's been playing competitive, you know, Street Fighter for almost 10 years now and, and, you know, mingled with a lot of the best of them and such. And you think you're good at something, man. But uh, especially when you're doing it in training mode against a dummy that's not moving and not fighting, it's actually harder because you're losing the visual cues that really help you out when you're playing footsies against an actual other player. And by that, I mean, maybe you see the startup of their throw or their move and that gives you uh, a very very significant handful of extra frames to see that your move is going to hit and uh, you don't get that when they're just standing there and either going to block or not so um, Mm -hmm. one if you're training like this it's like kind of doing that weighted training close practice where you do it this way because then later on you're going to be even better at it uh, because you'll also have the benefit of those other visual cues to help you go um, about doing this. But some of the uh, let me let me let me specify a few of the rules of this little game that I've had, um, and and that is you want to get to ten successful hit confirms in a row. 
Now the the counter resets if you make a successful hit but then don't do the follow-up or if they block and you do the follow-up anyway. So it has to be that the hit happens and then you do the combo and only when that and that's the case. Now you're going to be encouraged to just like because they're just there and just sitting there you're going to want to just be up in their face and doing moves over and over and over again until the hit happens. But I would say it's 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 actually kind of hard to do it that way. It's better if you do like maybe a little bit of wiggling, walk up and approach them and do kind of one attack at a time to try to see the confirm happen. Um, and then another big point uh, that's helped me out a lot is to focus on uh, the the character and know what it looks like when they get hit and the little blue spark, I'm sorry, when they block and the blue spark comes out versus when they get hit and the yellow flash, like kind of flame effect happens. And uh, look somewhere on the, like usually slightly behind the character because when you, you a lot of times when you hit the, um, when they block something, the blue uh, uh, little like flash will happen at the front of the character. But when they get hit, the little explosion will kind of carry out behind them. And if you focus on an area where um, the animation is visibly different on hit and block, that can help out a lot. So then all what, the, what I'm trying to look for is in, a, in an area slightly behind the opposing character, if the yellow of the flame of a hit appears in that area, that's my cue. It's a very specific thing, right? But that's my cue. I'm not even actually looking at the character. I'm looking slightly behind them when I push the button to uh, to do the confirm. And and it's hard. Uh, you know, you want to use all of the information you can, but it can be very misleading. And so I've tried um, that, and, it, and it's worked out for me uh, reasonably. And um, the other big thing is you're going to naturally... Uh, just, just before you move on, I, I did want to add that um, I've heard this from other pro play players as well, where um, they're like, well, the main place you keep your eyes glued uh, is not yourself, uh, but on the um, on the opponent as well. And then, of course, using things like the, um, the counter hit display text that comes up to actually confirm counter hits and other things. It's mm -hmm. funny sometimes the, the visual cues you want to be watching um, that aren't, you know, what you would traditionally expect, right? Sometimes you actually want to be looking in a different spot to confirm a little faster than you otherwise would. Mm -hmm. The other big one is the stun bar. You can look yes. at the stun bar because it doesn't go up on block, but it will go up on hit, and you can use that to be your confirm. Um, they would. I heard you would do it with the uh, the score in Street Fighter Three because you always had a score above your uh, your character's life bar and everything. So um, something like that that's very. Uh, you know, just black and white because the rest of the character, it's like they still do a, a movement when they block and, and such. And it's like it can be misleading. Um, and even trying to look at the blue versus the yellow spark can be hard. The other big thing that gets in my own way is that I, I will walk in with an expectation and then you're no longer hit confirming. You're just kind of guessing. It's like I, I'm just feeling it this time. I know they're going to block or I know they're going to be hit. And it's like... It, it's not to say that you know, but your fingers act as if they know and they just make the commitment one way or the other. And that's what you don't want to be doing. You want to be actually reacting. And when you're juggling the anxiety and all of the different things of being in the heat of an actual match, your brain's naturally going to want to not pay a lot of specific attention to any one thing because it's juggling a lot and you have to constantly redirect when you are trying to hit confirm. So only when you're trying to hit confirm, you're focused just for that brief moment on that very specific thing and then be able to back right back out and be aware of everything else immediately again. And being able to go in and out of that mode just 
on a dime over and over and over again at any given point in a match is also something very hard to do. It's hard to do in training mode when you're not juggling all those other things. Um, needless to say, there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of edges that can be refined and, and sanded down, obviously, through through um, this little practice. So it's something that, uh, again, I haven't gotten more than like five or six in a row <laughs> um, if I'm being honest, and that's what, you know, probably another like a good hour or two in recent times of just doing this is hard. And, you know, you'll start to, your, your mind will start to wander and you won't be actually focused on the, the little notes that I just, the bullet points that I'm trying to remind myself and sharing with all of you right now to do. But um, it's something that I think, again, is like weighted training clothes and you master this and you get really good with this take that into an actual match and again have the little bonuses of being able to see uh, an opponent's movement and patterns and oh man you're going to start to approach punk levels if you stick with it at least that's the theory so um, a little bit of uh, something i've been practicing recently and stuff that i think can help out anybody else that wants to level up this very particular and very difficult but also foundational part of uh, playing street fighter so there you go yeah so the next time you and i play online if you drop a single one of these i'm definitely going to think you're a failure and completely don't know what you're talking about just as an fyi but yes sounds good <laughs> no it's it's good stuff it's um of course online being what it is and you know all that kind of stuff it's it's good that if if you're more limited there are a lot of ways to practice and get better you know and, and um you know being facetious aside there that's kind of what i'm getting at it's a, there's a lot of ways to level up so it's great that you're, you're venturing into different waters so all right, y'all. That's going to wrap us up for this week of the Event Hubs podcast. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back with you soon. All right. Thanks, guys. And RIP Rashid players. Impossible!